Hey, welcome back, legends. Um, this is your host, Israel. For you guys who don't know me, um, I'm part of the legendary. Uh, Rose and Brianna are taking a break right now, so I am a substitute. Um, we have listened to your uh, questions asking where's the full podcast, what happened to it. Um, it's not gone, it's still here. We are going through some changes. So, um, just, you know, bear with us. But we are happy to see you guys here. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, so today's uh, episode is uh, basically if you guys missed last week's um, service, Brother Ian brought fire to the house. So we want to share this so other people can listen to it. Um, if you heard it, you can, you know, still go back and Gasta's going to speak to you in a different aspect or approach to the sermon so we um happy once again for you guys to always you know be part of this and be part of this legendary movement all right god bless you guys you know i was i was sharing uh for those that don't know usually before we start the service we have a a time of prayer upstairs and and I was sharing with, with a few of the young people. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there were some new faces up here singing tonight. Y'all noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and I, I told them this. I told them that's the way it should be. We should not see the same faces serving all the time. Because when you see new faces, new people serving, that means there's growth happening. And it doesn't mean growth in numbers, but it means growth in spirituality. That Holy Spirit is filling people inside and making them walk in their calling. So whenever we see new faces, if you saw some new faces up here, I want you to celebrate them after service. Say, hey, good job. Say, you did great. Come on, because this is what we do here at church. We celebrate people. We don't tear them down, but we lift them. We lift them up. Amen. And it ain't done. I ain't preaching tonight. I'll preach next week. But we got another new face preaching tonight. Amen. Because that's what it's about. And um, I've seen the, the growth of, of this young man uh, from when I got to know him last year a lot better. Um, and I've seen slowly what God has been doing in his life. And uh, ain't nobody perfect. Nobody has it all together. Um, not even the greatest YouTube pastor that you follow. Um, I forgive Mike Todd, man. I do. I like Mike Todd. Um, I asked three guys if I can use them for, for an illustration on Sunday when I pre I wanted to spit in their face, um, but they said no. They said Let's, to do that to my wife instead of them. But so anyways, um, uh, so <laughs> I take it too far sometimes, y'all. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. That's the pastor you guys have. I'm sorry. Pastor Ruben ain't here. It's all good. All right, we good. We rolling. Um, but um, I'm thankful for this for this man's life, and God is doing good works, and I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. I'm going to ask my brother Ian to come up. He's going to be sharing the word tonight, and uh, you know, we're, we're, me and Ian are doing this challenge together, and, and if you see us wobble a little bit, it's because we, we did a lot of lunges and a lot of squats and, and, and a lot of stuff, so, so we got noodle legs right now, so don't worry about it, but 
he might have a little bit more because he's preaching so his legs might be doing this right now but come on we gonna shout him down are we gonna shout down Ian tonight all right let's do it I like that noodle legs I like to call it a uh, baby giraffe legs but either way it's the same thing yeah so in the wake of new faces can we give it up for the new people on the worship team the worship team all together that's what's up I like I like seeing the new people out here that's what's up um I also want to edify the people that gave the word, Pastor Rocio and Pastor, Pastor Jane, last two weeks. They gave the word. It was, it was, a, it was a really good word. Um, and tonight I got a little word for you guys. It's not going to keep you too long, but um, I just want to open off with prayer. Um, Father God, speak to us tonight. Let us hear what we need to hear, God. Let your word be downloaded into our hearts. And let your promises stay with us wherever we go. Let you guard our lips and guard our minds so that we can speak holy words and have joyful thoughts, God. In your wonderful name we pray, amen. So, we're about a month into the new year, and I feel like it's been fast, but it kind of feels like we did a lot already, but I don't know, I think for me, CS was just really long, so. But um, yeah, we're like, you know, 28 days into the new year, and you know, a lot of people have made New Year's resolutions, a lot of people have made promises to themselves in the beginning of the year and it's funny because at this point you know I did a little research on resolutions and how they've how they've been kept or not and, and at this point about 80% of people have broke their resolution already they've either, they've either broke it forgot about it or somebody just like made too many and now they're like well I'll just I'll just do it next year because I forgot um and I'm not up here saying, like, you know, I'm this perfect person, I'm all holy, and I have kept all my resolutions for the year. I'm not saying that. I had, to, I had to look in the mirror and preach this message to myself before I could come up here and preach it to you guys. But, you know, a lot of the, the reasons I believe why people break these resolutions is because we talk ourselves out of it. Um, who remembers the title of the message this week, or this month? This is your year. And that's right, I believe that this is your year, our year, whoever you want to take it, that this is your year. But I also have a subtitle to this message, and I feel like it's, if you say so. This is your year, if you say so. Um, there's power in the tongue. That brings me to Proverbs 23, 7. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, this verse reminds me of an experiment that I was looking up. Um, where they take two containers of rice. They put them in two separate containers. They label the left one love, and they label the right one hate. They take the left one, they put it in a room over here, and they take the right one, and they put it in a room over here. And for a month straight, they go into those separate rooms, and they speak either love to the love rice, or they speak hate to the hate rice. Like, oh, rice, you're so beautiful. You're so great. You're, you're, you're thriving. Look at you. And then they say, oh, rice, you're so ugly. Who could love you? You're just nasty. Look at you. And if you guys could put that picture up for me, I brought a picture for you guys. And this is the rice. This is the rice after only two and a half weeks. Look at the rice on the left. The love rice is, is looking cool. Like you still probably eat it. It's a little, it's a little slimy, but the one on the right though. Yeah, that's, that's, that's literally the power of the tongue right there. Um, that alone just lets you know that you got to be careful about the things that we say. Now, if you sit and think about it, we're all created so wonderfully and amazingly made, so balanced. You know, we have two hands, two feet, um, two lungs. Everything is paired. Everything is paired equally. If you split us down the middle, 
we would have one of each of everything. But God doesn't make mistakes at the same time. He gave us only one mouth, and in that one mouth we have one tongue, which gives us the ability to speak. Now, I think it's funny, too, that the ability to speak, you know, when we speak, our two ears are the closest thing to our mouth. So when we say something, we're the first ones to hear it. For me, that, that's kind of a message on its own that you should listen two times more than you speak. But that's another, that's, I'll say that for my next word. Um, but we got to guard our mouth. We got to guard our mouth. And it's not just, it's not just the youth. You hear it from everyone. You hear it from everyone. You know, the, the things that people say, I'm, I'm dumb or I'm fat. Thank God for P2P. Um, I won't be able to do that. Or, or what about I can't? I hear a lot of people saying I can't. In my house, honestly, in my house, I can't is a cuss word. Like, y'all can't say that. Like, kids say they can't. Like, I'm going to make sure that they know that they can. They're going to go ahead and go do that. And I'm, and I'm here to ask you, like, who told you that you can't? Who told you that you can't? Because the book that I read, the book that I read says that I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. And, and another one, what about, what about people saying they're not good enough? Like, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. That was a lie, too. Who told you that? Who told you that? Because the book that I read also says that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. So all things that we say... If we say them enough, I believe if we say them enough, we start to believe them. So we have to guard what we say because we're the ones listening to it. And, and we have to be careful not to let fear be the reason why we say things. You know, 2 Timothy's first seven, first verse 7, it says, For God gave us a, did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And that is the Bible literally telling us that we have nothing to be afraid of. In the Bible, it literally says 365 times, 365 different times, different verses, not to be afraid. And for me, I feel like that's God reminding us at least one time a day for the whole year, and you can run that back the next year backwards or from the middle or however you want to do it, not to be afraid because you have already have, you already have victory in Jesus. There's, no, there's nothing to be afraid about. Um, I was reading Galatians here. It says that Galatians 4, 7, that we are children of God and not entitled to any defeat at the hand of the enemy. Now you hear the word entitled, and I want to kind of break that word down for you. So entitled, um, the meaning of it is, well, the legal meaning is to give a legal right or just claim to receive something. Now, in other words, that being a child of God, and if God has it the way that he wants to have it, which he does, there is no, we have no right and it would not be fair for us to fall at the hand of the enemy. He would not let that happen. So that's not to say that we can speak ourselves out of the victory that he gives us already. We, can, we have to remain obedient. We have to remain faithful behind that entitlement to victory. Um, I'm here to tell you today that there is victory in Jesus. Over all the, the circumstances, over all the things that the enemy tries to tell you, all the lies, there is victory in that. But at the same time, I feel like God uses, uses his power to let us know when to speak. Sometimes he has to shut us up. Sometimes he has to keep us on quiet so that we don't speak ourselves out of it. It takes me back to Joshua when the Israelites were walking around the walls of Jericho. And he, God literally gave them the instruction to not make a sound. 
to walk around the build, walk around the, the walls for seven days. And on the seventh day, then they were instructed to shout. And we ask why. Like for me, I'd be like, yo, if we're gonna walk around this city like seven times in one day, and we're gonna take a whole seven days to walk around, like you at least wanna like talk to the people that you're talking to, like yo, you've been walking for a cool minute now, you know what I mean? Like, you think God's really gonna make it happen? Like, I don't know. And then and that's the exact reason why God shut them up. Because he knew God created us, he knows our nature, he knows our human nature. He knows that if he would have allowed us to talk, then we would start to murmur, and we would start to complain, and we would start to doubt, and we would start to say things like, I don't know. Like, you know, we just walked three times, and nothing's happening yet. I know I said seven, but like, you think we might have seen something already, right? Or we would just start to doubt and be like, maybe, maybe we're walking for nothing. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we're going to lose at the end of this. You know, he knows that doubt would creep in. And I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I choose not to let doubt creep in. I choose to let the promises of God lead the words that I speak. I feel like, I feel like a lot of us do that to ourselves and let the doubt creep in with things, you know, like, man, I've been praying for, for five plus months for my brother to come to Jesus and and haven't seen any progress yet. And you start to doubt. You start to think, man, I've been, I've been praying for my finances. I've been praying for, you know, God to make a move in my life and, and help me get to that next step. Help me get that house or help me get that blessing. And I don't see anything yet. I've been serving faithfully. And you start to speak this doubt. And you're speaking it. Even if it's not coming out of your mouth, you're speaking it in your mind. And you're starting to, tr- you're starting to make that a belief. So I'm here to encourage you. Not to worry about any of the circumstances, that the enemy is already defeated by Christ. Although we fight battles every day, don't grow weary because the war is already won. We can overcome any attack, any fear, any doubt from the power of Jesus Christ. Do not let any of the comparisons of other people's blessings rob you of your joy. Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll see other people start to get blessed they see they see things start to happen in their life and and then they start to doubt themselves they start to doubt well maybe I'm not doing something right or how come you know he he just got saved not too long ago why is he doing this or why is you know and they start to compare and I'll tell I'm here to tell you that comparison is is the thief of joy everybody has their own story everyone has victory in their story and their story is written separately so if you're not walking in your victory yet don't Don't think that it's not coming. Victory is promised. Our stories are written already. Everything that we're supposed to do, we're going to do. Everything that God has in store for us is going to be for our best, for our good. So if you're going through a tough time right now, something's not going the way you want it to go, first of all, know that it's not going to go the way that you want it to go. Second of all, have faith in Jesus that you will have victory, that you will have victory over any circumstance that's coming along, anything in your life. Anything that's going on, I'm here to tell you that you will overcome it. And God's timing is always perfect. God's timing is perfect. It's funny that Eli said, you know, that our worship is our weapon. Our worship is our words of weapon. So I'm here to tell you to stay strong in your worship. Stay strong in your prayer life. Stay steadfast in your obedience to God. Continue to seek his presence on everything that you do. 
and your victory will slowly start to show itself. You have to stay obedient. You don't speak disbelief. Don't speak doubt over your life. If you say these things like I can't and I, I, I don't know and, and you know, you have to know, you have to have assurance that Jesus will make it happen for you. You have to speak life over all of your circumstances, over all of your situations. Speak life over them. Speak faith and speak hope. Speak love and peace over everything that's going on in your life and you will have the victory. And you have to learn the word of God as well. Learn the word of God and speak the promises. The the Bible is full of promises. Nothing in there is lying to you. It's all about promises that that God has literally promised is going to happen to you. And you can use that alongside of your worship as your weapon against the enemy. The future is already planned out for us. It's already written. And I'm here to encourage you to just walk in obedience and not talk doubt on yourself and not let any of the enemy's attacks let you down. Now, I know I'm speaking about talking and, and, you know, speaking things to happen for you. I don't want you to get it twisted. I'm not talking this new age manifesting and, and, and speaking things into existence. That's not what I'm talking about because that's not of God. I'm talking about speaking the promises of God, speaking God's truths in order for these things to happen. I'm not speaking, yo, I want a Lambo, I want a Lambo, and I walk outside and there's a Lambo. Not, it don't work like that. But if you speak life over your, over your situations, over your circumstances, things are going to happen. You're going to see them. It may not be right now. It may not be next week. It may not be this year. But you're going to start to see the changes. You're going to start to see things happen for you. And I just, I, just want, I just want the young people to know that they have to be careful about what they say. You know, I was, I was your guys' age at one time, and, and I wasn't with God. Like Eli said, I wish when I was your guys' age, I had somewhere to come on a Friday night that I could come up and I could worship Jesus. And that I could know that, that I'm loved by Jesus and that there's promises that I need to look forward to. And I'm here to tell you that there are. I'm here to be the person that I never had for you guys to let you know that there are. So I'm, I'm going to wrap up with that. I'm, I, my word's kind of short. Um, but I'm just letting you know here the, the worship team could come up. The, the altar is open. If, you, if you've been thinking that maybe you've been speaking negatively, that you've been speaking doubt, that maybe you've been just speaking unbelief, or, or I don't know, maybe you just needed to hear this message to kind of let you know to keep holding on, to keep holding on, to keep persevering, to keep fighting. The altar is open. You guys can come up here, and we're just going to worship God and ask him to, to guard our tongues, fill our hearts with his love, and I just want to say God bless you guys. Love you. ask you to just stand to your feet and we're going to worship God for for a little bit but I just want to touch on this really really quick you know you really do have power in what you say and like brother Ian said it's not because of anything that this world tells you like manifest it and say it till it happens no you have power because God placed power and authority in you yeah the, the power 
The power that you have is the resurrection power that resurrected Jesus from the grave. That's the power that you carry. And, the, and, and, and when you have that power, when you encounter Jesus, it can change everything in you. You know, I was reading earlier and I was sharing with my wife. And, and I, the reason I'm going to talk to this is because I want you to come up here and I really want you to encounter who God is. And I was reading in the Gospels when, when Peter encounters God and, and, and there's tough questions. Jesus asked them a tough question. Listen to this. Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? Has anybody ever been asked a tough question? Like what does Christian, Christianity mean? Has anybody ever asked that? Yeah? Like you serve God. How do you know God is real? Come on, let's be real. How do you, how do you answer those tough questions? How, how do you answer those things when somebody says like, well, prove it. Prove it to me that Jesus is real. I want to tell you how you answer those. When you had a true encounter with Jesus, there is no one that can steal that from you. Absolutely no one. And Jesus asks a tough question and he looks at his disciples and he says, who do you say I am? Does anybody know who answered him? Peter. Peter was the only one that answered him. Nobody else had an answer. Peter was the only one that had an answer. And he said, you are the son of God. But I'm going to tell you why Peter answered him. Because if you go back two chapters, Peter has an encounter with Jesus. They're on a boat and it's midnight and it's dark. And there's someone walking in the water in the nighttime. And he says, hey, come out. And who's the only one that walked on water? He had an encounter with Jesus. He was the only one that stepped out of the boat and took a step of faith and met Jesus on the water. So two chapters down the line, when Jesus says, who do you say I am? Peter said, I know who you are. I just had an encounter with you. I had an encounter with you. Let me tell you, when you have an encounter with Jesus, there is no story, no, uh, no uh, YouTube video, no new age, no vibration, no anything that can seal the encounter that you had with Jesus. There is nothing, absolutely nothing. So as we worship for the next five to ten minutes, I'm going to ask you to come up. And if you want to have an encounter with Jesus, listen, listen. It doesn't take nothing miraculous. It doesn't take a good preacher. It doesn't take somebody laying hands on you. All it takes is someone who says, I'm willing to what? Take a step of faith. I'm willing to encounter you, Jesus. I'm willing to see you, Jesus. So I'm going to ask you, if that's you, I'm going to invite you just to take a step of faith up here. And as we sing, sing a song, I want you to really, really close your eyes and say, Jesus, if I can take anything from the message tonight, is that you've placed power, is that you've placed authority in me to bind and loose things. The Bible says that what you bind in heaven, God will loose it. And I want you to begin to speak out to God in your own way, in your own words. I want you to begin to tell God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. But I know you're my God. Come on. Hey. You move.